Hello, this is Ken Ferry with this week's Boots in the Field. Progress here at the, at the plots I'm sure looks similar to what it does uh, everywhere else. We're putting the finishing touches on the corn plots from a planting perspective and getting a good start on the beans. Still got a ways to go to, to finish up the beans and a few more corn, but looking in pretty good shape for the most part. Some things we want to touch on this week uh, on the insect front. We have now reached 300 insect heat units for our first wave of cutworm that showed up in uh, big numbers on March 22nd. So the first round of moths that we captured, we should see cut plants. Been out last few days looking, uh, see a few cut plants, see some shot holes, but from now on, you should probably start to experience cut plants in the areas where you would have heavy egg laying, such as chickweed, henbit, grasses out there, cover crops, that uh, were present already at the 22nd of March. Now remember we've had pretty strong flights all the way through April every time the wind blew out of the south into the first week or so in May so scouting needs to start uh, today or this week and we need to stay with it until this corn reaches V4, V5 we can't cut anymore. But if you've been scouting prior to now not seeing much that uh, doesn't really mean there wasn't much out there, meaning scouting needs to start now. Somebody needs to get around to these fields, especially, again, if you had residue out there like the chickweed henbit or cover crops that you burnt down, we need to watch for it. We're looking for a threshold of 3%. 3% of the plants being cut off, we probably need to think about reacting to it itself. If you're looking really hard, you might find the armyworm. The armyworm are out there as well. We're more concerned about the wheat. So if you're looking for armyworm and wheat right now, they're going to be pretty small. They're going to be pretty hard to see, but they're out there if you take your time. In the cornfields, the armyworm are going to mainly spread out from grass waterways, places like that, uh, where they would have some uh, egg laying take place. Now remember the difference between armyworm and cutworm when you're out there looking. Cutworm are going to be shot holes and cut plants. Armyworm are going to take large chunks out of the corn leaf, so they can tell the difference by the feeding what kind of insect that you're dealing with itself. Armyworm uh, can march across the field so if they do start out on a waterway or an edge they can move across and do a lot of damage. Cutworm are going to stay pretty close to where they were hatched. They're going to move up and down the row two three plants um, but you're not going to see them move across the field like the armyworm itself does. Now if the forecast is right and these temperatures are going to drop, I'm talking about moving down into the 30s on Saturday, uh, that's going to slow this corn down. So it's going to take us longer to get to V4, which is going to widen that window out and give them a little more opportunity. Cutworm are way too easy to kill to let something slip by as simple as cleaning up the cutworm. Don't necessarily count on your insecticide or your traits to completely manage this insect as we talked before. Let's be scouting for it. On the disease front, um, in the wheat, the striped rust has kind of raised its head pretty hard here in the last seven, eight days. So keep an eye on those flag leaves. Don't let the striped rust take that out. Most of the wheat is now entering in to that window where we're going to start talking about controlling head scab. I would say the wheat I've looked at is somewhere in that three to five day window. It might be even be shorter than that to you guys to the south. But we'd like to catch it at the beginning of flowering with our head scab application. 
<clears throat> if we got striped rust taking the field, then you want to be a little bit more careful. You may not want to wait to make your head scab application. You may want to manage the rust on that flag leaf because that's a pretty important leaf out there itself. Always be looking for your susceptibility. You know, how susceptible is the weed hybrid you've chose for head scab? How much protection? The risk warning for head scab is high. These cool, wet temperatures are going to drive some issues with head scab. So it's probably something that if you haven't thought about, that application is something we ought to be looking at and see just how susceptible your hybrid is for the head scab itself. But don't let the striped rust uh, catch you on the backside trying to manage head scab, especially in a resistant variety. You might want to look close in those wheat fields for the armyworm. If you can find these armyworm out there, maybe a time to go ahead and throw a treatment in there trying to control them as well. From the disease side on soybeans, if these temperatures are right and we do dip down into the upper 30s, uh, it is probably going to increase the chances of sudden death for those soybeans that aren't out of the ground yet, uh, those that are still trying to, trying to make their way to the surface. Not much we can do about it at this point, but just be aware of that the aftermath of it could be the fact that we're going to be dealing with a little more sudden death in those fields itself. From the side dressings part, which as we look at nitrogen, we're just around the corner. Some guys are already pulling nitrates for side dressing, and I expect next week there'll be quite a bit more that'll start, definitely the week after, um, as we move into the side dressing season already in some areas. Now, as we pull nitrates weekly and biweekly here, and the guys over there at Sun Ag doing a bang-up job pulling their nitrates as well, we've been monitoring a number of fields, and at this point we can say that it's been a pretty nitrogen-friendly spring. Um, we had some hairy moments there as we came out of the fall into the spring. A lot of our fall anhydrous did go ahead and roll over into a nitrate form, which is losable. We can lose it pretty easy. And we had high numbers of nitrate nitrogen and fall applied, which put us at pretty high risk. <clears throat> By being a dry April and somewhat of a dry May, we've kind of slid through that high risk area, meaning that there's not a lot of difference now between the spring applied nitrogen and the fall applied nitrogen as far as the risk. So, um, you know, we maybe escaped, uh, escaped a big issue that we could have had to deal with there from a loss. Now, it doesn't mean we still can't lose it like we did last year, but at present time, we're actually looking pretty good. We just haven't lost much nitrogen. I can account for almost everything applied out there. Now that also, we, as we look at our tile studies and we're watching tile flow at our gates and stuff like that, these tile lines aren't running full bore either. We kind of think about these rain delays and, you know, being wet. But the overall picture, as far as where groundwater levels are, they're not really that high and we're not working these tile lines that hard to be losing the nutrients. So I think that's good news from a perspective that we can count on it. Speaking of tile lines... Most of you guys have gotten now two rounds of the Air Scout pictures of your thermals. Thermals are doing a real good job in these last two rounds of picking up tile lines. So if you hadn't take time to look at your Air Scout pictures, uh, you can identify uh, the tile lines that are out there. If you didn't know they're out there, and if you got any that are plugged, they're showing up as well. So good time to go back and look at those as you're waiting to get back in the field. With that, uh, keep it safe and uh, keep it moving, and we'll talk to you next week.